Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 99, recorded Monday, December 5th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. Well, I hope that you had a nice Thanksgiving and you had a chance to relax a little bit. And now that the Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, and all those other events are behind us, it is December, and it's getting to look a lot like Christmas around here. Now, right down the street from the dive shop, there's this garden center, and you can imagine they're fully lit up for the holidays with selling their trees and wreaths and flowers and things like that, and they go all out with the decorations. They have this old tractor and several other pieces of uh, garden equipment all outlined in lights, and it's pretty cool. All that's missing is the snow, but I could do without that. And while December really isn't part of the New England dive season, for us that is, that doesn't mean there isn't a lot going on. We have a lot of year-end activities uh, on the books right now at the shop, like inventory and gear maintenance, and we have several meetings lined up with the instructors we started last Saturday to go over all the plans for 2023. And I've also have some other things on the calendar, and I'll give you a bit of an update on one of those items in my news and information update. On today's show, I want to do a segment on Patty's Discover Scuba. And that was spurred on by a recent Facebook Live event that I attended. But up first is Wet Notes, my news and information update. This is Wet Notes here on Scooby Shack Radio for Monday, December 5th, 2022. Well, first up today... I want to give you an update on some really great news that came out of Panama City, Panama recently. We see, because Scuba Shack is a 100% Patty Aware Foundation shop, we get these periodic emails from them. Last week, we got one with the subject line, We did it, and it had a shark emoji on the end. What did they do? Well, they were a part of this conference, uh, this convention on international trade in endangered species and wild fauna and flora, or CITES, and they had a conference of parties, um, which was COP19, that was held in Panama City between November 14th and the 25th. And what they did was they were part of the agreement on limiting exports of over 50 species of sharks, imports and exports. This agreement was a long time coming, and it was not easily accomplished because there was over 200 countries and 2,500 people in attendance. Now, CITES was originally drafted in 1963 as part of the IUNC, but it wasn't agreed to until 1973. 
The U.S. was one of the first to ratify it on January 14, 1974. The Conference of Parties is held every two or three years. It took a lot of effort to get these new restrictions in place and hopefully provide the increased protection for sharks across the globe. Good job, Patty Aware Foundation. You did it. How do you keep your wetsuit smelling clean? Well, if you've listened to the show in the past, you'll know that I'm a big proponent of Sink the Stink. The stuff just really works. You'll also know that one of the things that I wasn't really keen on was when Sink the Stink removed the scent from their formula. We just always thought that scent gave the wetsuit a nice, clean smell. Several years ago, Bob Denton, the creator of Sink the Stink, told me that it was based on customer feedback. That's why they removed the scent. Well, I recently reconnected with Bob, and he gave me some, uh, some samples of a new version of the stuff. And it's labeled as 40% stronger than the original. But here's another thing. Bob said the scent is back in the new formula. So what's old is new again. I had just had to try out this new stuff. The small 0.2 fluid ounce foil package is enough uh, to treat up to 20 gallons of water. And that's plenty to soak your wetsuit, hoods, gloves, or boots in. You could definitely smell the original scent, but I don't think it was quite as strong as the original Sink the Stink but definitely a great move to add the fresh smell back in the sink to stink. Now, in case you missed this one, there was some big news that came out of Oceanic about a week or so ago. On November 28th, Oceanic announced their new Oceanic Plus dive computer app for the Apple Watch Ultra. Well, that's pretty cool. The app turns the Apple Watch Ultra into a fully compatible dive computer. Not only does the app work with the watch, but there's also an iPhone-compatible companion app. I did take a look at the specifics on their website, and there's a lot of great information out there. Now, the app is not free. There are a number of different plans that range from as little as $5 a day or $10 a month, or you can get uh, a full year subscription for up to $80. And they're also offering a family plan for, I think it's $129 a year for five people. Now, in addition to the Oceanic Plus app, they're also coming out with a housing for the iPhone. So you can take your iPhone underwater for photography. And you also will have the dive computer displayed on your iPhone screen. The Apple Watch Ultra is rated to 100 meters. It integrates GPS and it has a 36-hour battery life. Now, all this can get a little expensive, but I know there are really a lot of folks out there that love their Apple products and will spring for the $800 Apple Ultra watch. This is really interesting technology, and you can check it all out at OceanicWorldwide.com. Now here's a story about a Great Lakes shipwreck whose bell was recently donated to a museum. The story is by David Patch, and it appeared in the November 19th edition of The Blade from Toledo, Ohio. 
The article's title is Bell from Lake Erie's Deadliest Shipwreck Goes on Display at Toledo Museum. So this bell is from the wreck of the G.P. Griffin, which was a passenger steamer that burned and sank on June 16, 1850. Back then, they really didn't have a good way of counting all the passengers, but they do believe there were over several hundred on board. But sadly, only 40 survived. So this bell was donated by the family of Lewis Key, and he was a local diver who found the bell back in 1974. And that's all that's left of the wreck. But now you can see that bell at the National Museum of the Great Lakes in Toledo. I checked out their website, and if you're interested, you can take a virtual tour of the museum. But this is just another interesting story of artifacts making their way back to the public. And finally, I want to let everyone know that I will be on a Dram of Diving Facebook and YouTube live event on December 14th at 7.30 Eastern Time. Jason Meany has asked that we do an encore of the panel discussion that we had at DEMA, which was titled The Power of Podcasting. The panel is being hosted by Tech Clark. Along with Jason will be James Blackman from Divers Ready YouTube channel, and I think Stephen Whalen from Deeper Blue will be there, although it may be late evening for him since he's in England. I'm really looking forward to the event and reconnecting with the guys. They do some really cool stuff if you haven't seen it. So hopefully you'll be able to block out some time and come to a Dram of Diving event on December 14th at 7.30. Hope to see you. Well, that's it for this latest installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. A few weeks ago, the night before Thanksgiving, I attended a Dram of Diving's Facebook Live event. Now, a Dram of Diving was started by Jason Meany, who runs Deep Stop Scuba up in upstate New York. And I believe Jason started this uh, Facebook Live event several years ago during the height of the pandemic as a way to keep people connected. Well, they are now up to episode 46, and it was this episode that sparked this segment here on Scuba Shack Radio. The episode was titled, Putting the Lowest Professional Rating with the Most Highest Risk Group. The focus was on these introductory experience uh, scuba programs like Try Scuba or Discover Scuba. They go by different names depending on the specific agency that's running the experience. Allie, who is now hosting these monthly shows, had a panel of professionals on, and they were representing both non-resort dive shops like us as well as destination resorts. It was a pretty spirited discussion, and there was a lot of dialogue around the value of doing these experiential programs. I thought I could expand a bit on this from my perspective, so I reached out to Jason to let him know that I wanted to do something here on Scuba Shack Radio, and he said to podcast away. That's the whole purpose of a drama diving, to spark dialogue and discussion. So, I'll podcast away. First off, Scuba Shack is exclusively a Patty dive shop. Now, we have been with Patty since 1980. 
I personally do not have any experience with other training agencies' programs for these introductory experiences. Also, we're a small dive shop in the middle of Connecticut, not a destination that people come to to experience the ocean. Training new scuba divers is a foundational component of our business model. Most of the people who come to us to become certified divers have already made up their mind. They want to be a scuba diver. But there's also people who come in or they call us and they tell us they're not sure about scuba. They are interested but nervous about being underwater. And that's where I do believe the Patty Discover Scuba fits in for us. Now, this is not a huge revenue stream, but rather a gateway for future divers. I think it is very different from a dive resort or destination that has more of a flow business and can offer these uh, scuba experiences when people are on vacation. But I want to get back to the idea that we're putting the lowest professional rating with the highest risk group. I'm not sure I totally agree with that statement, especially if you take a look at how the Patty Discover Scuba Diving Program is set up. Now, in the Patty Instructor Manual, each course has an instructor rating. It's a section that specifically indicates what level of professional is able to teach that course. For Discover Scuba Diving Program, the instructor rating is broken down into two sections. There's a confined water rating and an open water rating. For confined water, a paddy dive master who has been rated as a Discover Scuba Diving leader can conduct the program. Now for open water, a paddy instructor must take the participants on their first dive. Subsequent dives can be conducted by an assistant instructor, a DSD leader, or a dive master. Maybe this is where we inject some risk, but let's talk a little bit more about that later. Let me start with the dive master. During the dive master training program, there's a specific workshop, and that's all about the Discover Scuba Diving program. Now, if it's done correctly, it's a comprehensive session, and that provides the basis for someone who wants to move up to become a Discover Scuba Diving leader. We normally conduct this with our dive master candidates in two parts. First, we have a session with the future dive masters at the shop to go over the program, how we prepare for it, and then how we conduct the DSD. Then we take them to the pool. If we can, we have them participate with their instructor on a real Discover Scuba to see how it runs. Now, part of the requirement in this workshop is for the Dive Master candidates to locate the Discover Scuba Diving Leader internship requirements in the instructor manual and explain how a Dive Master qualifies to become a DSD leader. So what are those requirements? Well, here's what the manual states. To qualify, a certified PADI dive master completes a Discover Scuba Diving DSD leader internship. This includes conducting four separate real, not simulated, PADI Discover Scuba Diving programs in confined water under the direct supervision of a PADI instructor. DSD leader candidates show their ability to conduct effective briefings, in-water supervision, and debriefing. 
Now, the PADI instructor manual is very explicit in stating that only PADI certified dive masters qualify to participate in the DSD leader internship program and that dive master candidates do not qualify. I want to shift gears here a bit and talk about the PADI DSD program and how it's structured from a participant's pro, uh, perspective. Now, a few years ago, PADI introduced electronic learning for D uh, Discover Scuba. This, this electronic learning replaced that booklet that we used to give everyone. And it's a really nice program. Right up front, they tell you that DSD is not a certification course. I know some people think that by taking the Discover Scuba that they're now scuba divers, especially if they've done multiple Discover Scubas. The program is designed to take about 20 minutes to, to complete along with the knowledge review questions. And there are several sections, including the pressure's effect on the body, and that's where they discuss breathing and equalization. And then there's a scuba equipment followed by a scuba skills uh, section, and that includes hand signals, how to operate the BC, some regulator and mass skills along with fin kicks. Each section has accompanying videos to reinforce the learning. So by the time they get to the pool, they have a pretty good idea of what to expect. Another thing that we do here at the shop is that we have those participants come into the shop before the pool to get fitted with a mask, fins, and a BC. We want to avoid any issues with the gear that doesn't fit and or might be uncomfortable. We ask them to pick out several masks from our DSD fleet to make sure they have options once in the water. We want to make sure it's the best experience possible. But let's talk about the value some more. Like I said, the resort, for a resort, there's a different value proposition for DSD than a local dive shop like ours. For us, it is the gateway for someone to become a scuba diver. Perhaps they have a spouse, significant other, friend, or family member who's already a diver. That person's interested, but they, they're not really comfortable uh, with the thought of being underwater. And we think Discover Scuba is a perfect way for them to overcome that anxiety or realize that they aren't ready to go on for a certification course. Now, during the uh, Dram of Diving event, I asked a question about conserv uh, uh, conversion rates, like how many people go from Discover Scuba to become an open water diver. So I'll answer that question for our perspective. I'd say we hover around 10%. That is, for every 10 Discover Scuba divers, we might get one person to move forward with uh, diver certification. And when it happens, boy, that's a great feeling. Just last year, we had someone progress up from Discover Scuba to open water, and now she's coming to Bon Air with us in February to do our advanced course. We also had someone a couple years ago who started with Discover Scuba and just completed their rescue diver. They're planning to start Dive Master next year. So sometimes it works out really well. Now I want to wrap up this discussion kind of where it started with the element of risk. We know that whenever any of us go diving, we are taking on risk. Our training, preparation, attention to detail, and good judgment all help us to manage that risk. This should be no different for Discover Scuba. The PADI instructor manual explicitly states that you must apply continuous and sound judgment before, 
during and after the dive. It's your professional responsibility to conduct a risk assessment by evaluating variables such as water conditions, temperature, visibility, water movement, entries and exits, and the ability of participants. So, I don't necessarily agree that we are putting our lowest professional rating with the highest risk group. I think it comes down to the fact that we need to ensure that the professionals who are conducting this activity are properly trained and certified to do the Discover Scuba or Try Scuba or whatever your agency is calling it. They also need to apply the standards and good judgment, and that's going to expose people to what we've come to love, scuba diving. Well, that was a little different for me, but I thought I should use this forum to weigh in on the discussion around the Discover Scuba or Try Scuba programs that we conduct. If done right, I think they're a valuable part of our overall industry. Well, that's it for this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with more as we wrap up 2022. And that's going to be another milestone for me, episode 100. Until then, stay safe, warm, and have a great couple of weeks. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.